We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CBV Chris Van Vliet. First of all, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being with us on this one. And if you've listened to the show for a while, or if you're an OG YouTube subscriber, you know that Johnny Gargano and I go way back, like over a decade ago. I moved to Cleveland from Toronto in 2010, and he was a star on the independent wrestling scene there in the Midwest. So because of that, we had this tradition of doing interviews together every single year during WrestleMania weekend. We did it in 2017 in Orlando at his apartment. We did it in 2018 in New Orleans in the lobby of the hotel. We did it 2019 in New York in his hotel room right after he won the NXT championship. And then again, this weekend in Dallas, the tradition continued, although obviously things are quite a bit different for him personally and professionally this time around. I'm sure you already follow Johnny Wrestling on social media, but if not, you can find him at his name, at Johnny Gargano. I'm at my name, at Chris Van Vliet. And take a screenshot, tag us, let us know that you're listening. And if this is the first episode of the show that you've ever heard, I hope that you like it enough to want to subscribe and also to want to dig into some of the previous episodes. I mean, this is episode number 334, so if I do the math correctly here, I think that means there's 333 episodes you could go and listen to. James Patterson, 45, is our fan of the week. He left this review on Apple Podcasts that says, love it. I just love all you do. Thank you so much for the good and free content. And then there's an emoji with the like smoke blowing out of the, the nose, the mm. emoji, a heart and a fist. So thank you for that, James Patterson, 45. Yes, of course, the content is free. I don't have a Patreon or an OnlyFans, although perhaps we should start an OnlyFans. Hmm. Look, I'm just glad that you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoy having them. So thank you for the review. I read one on every single episode. It's my way to say thank you for being with me on this journey. And if you listen on Spotify and you have a few extra seconds today, perhaps maybe while you're sitting on the toilet, please leave a rating on there. Okay. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny and Gargano. The tradition continues. It's WrestleMania yeah. weekend. Here we are. Here, Here we, we are. are. Back again. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. You're a father. Yeah. You can probably see the tiredness on my uh, face and hear it in my voice. Uh, I don't think I've slept in, like really slept, in like two months. What was the, what's the most amount of sleep? that you've had since you became a father? Probably the three-hour flight from uh, Orlando <laughs> to Dallas that I took today. <laughs> uh, I think that's the most continual sleep I've had without a little crazy human being going like, ah, ah. They, babies make a lot of noise. I don't know if you know this. I've, I've heard. They make a lot of noise, uh, like the most noise. But like, And then like the night you or the day you bring home your baby for the first time, yeah. and they're making all these noises. Are you like, oh, is that a good noise or bad noise? I don't know. Uh, so I, I would freak out about it. Luckily, we have the internet. So you just kind of look at the internet and be like, is this normal? And I'm like, yeah, sure, it's normal. If, if it was like 1990s, like I couldn't imagine my mom, like when I was a baby, making all these noises. She'd probably be freaking out. Yeah, I think she was freaking out. I think probably. at one point, I think at one point there was a story where I, I was so gassy. 
I just, babies, I don't know if you know this, like when they poop, like they, they straight up like, like, like straight up just cartoony poop. And uh, I believe I did that. And my mom freaked out and tried to rush me to the hospital because she thought I was dying or something. But anymore, you just have the internet. You're like, is this normal? They're like, yeah, sure, it's fine. But, and then your mom gets to the hospital and they go, oh, no, your son was just going to the bathroom. Pretty much, yes. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you and Candace split up the duties? We don't. We So we, uh, Candace does a lot of the feeding because, you know, yeah, she, makes has sense. Those, she has the apparatus. Those, yeah, yeah, she has the, the milk farm that uh, the baby is eating from. So I try to handle all of the diaper changing. Oh, wow. I know, I know, which is a lot because my dad, uh, he, he's very proud of the fact that he never changed a single one of my diapers. Not one. He's proud of that? Proud of it. He said, I never changed a single diaper. And I have changed, at this point, I can't even have a count on it because mm. literally it's just, it never stops. Every wow. every hour, every 15 minutes sometimes, just change and change and change and poop and more poop and more poop and pee and more poop. And So is Candace going to be like, I'm so proud. I've never changed a diaper. So she changes too, okay. but I just try to step in because yeah. I feel like I'm not doing anything. So I got to really kind of, I, I can't feed him without a bottle. Right. Uh, so I just try to change all the poopiness. So I walked by your booth earlier today and you just had like a bunch of baby gifts yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate that now. Like I, I've, I've kind of accepted, I'm going to take a step back uh, as the star of the household. But basically the rankings of the household now go, Quill is number one. The dog Padme is number two. Candace is number three, and I'm a solid number four, so I'm fine with that. Well, as long as you recognize yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know the, my What role. was the ranking before? You were just number three. Yeah, I was number three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were so still I, last I, place. I, I'm still, yeah, I just still get stepped down one more, yeah, which I'm fine just with. Just absolute yeah. last place. Always though. last place. Yeah. yeah. So the, if, if you have any more kids or any more animals, you'll just keep, keep stacking them up. Yep. Yeah, I'm always going to be going. in last place. Unless we get a really sucky kid. Then maybe I'll, maybe I'll hop <laughs> in. If maybe a sucky kid becomes yeah. the number two. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. you're still last place. Yes, always. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, what kind of gifts did you get? Uh, so we have uh, baby books. You can show them uh, off oh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, in our, we're in my hotel great. room. There's no secret yeah. here. Uh, uh, we have uh, from a fan named Lisa, who I believe is Adventures with Bailey. She makes all the signs. Oh, They're all like the, yes. the Bailey signs and all like the, she had Johnny Wrestling signs. Yeah, yeah. All the signs you see, uh, Lisa makes them. And she uh, was at my appearance today. And she brought a bunch of baby books, uh, kind of Marvel. Look at that. And, uh, night, Night Groot. as well. Is every word in this book, I am Groot, then the I next page, so. I am Groot. I hope so. Uh, a Legends bunch of, of Wrestling Alphabet. Yeah. Uh, Man, look at this. shirts. We got a Gerald. Gerald is my favorite, one of my favorite Disney characters. Plush there. Man. We got onesies. You can never have enough onesies. Uh, bibs, a little Iron Man bib there. Wow. Very on brand for a uh, quill. If someone comes and gives you a baby gift, uh-huh. you go, all right, and then my photo amount is this much. Like you st- No, I, I'm I'm very nice. I don't like, know about the people that hey, I deal th- with vendor wise. For the but- gift and now pay me for the photo. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> this is great though. I mean, this is this is a whole new chapter of your life in yeah. so many ways. Yeah. We've sat in multiple hotel rooms or different spots. WrestleMania, I was at your house the first time we yeah. did WrestleMania oh, yeah. in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was a lobby My of apartment. a hotel. That wasn't even the house. That's right. That was when I first moved to Orlando. Was, Me and Tommaso were living together. That's right. Tommaso was, I think, in the house while- And uh, he wasn't like like on TV at the time. He I was don't just, think so, right? No. I can't remember now. No, it, I, I think we were still teaming though, weren't we? I don't-, I, don't I think, was that, the, was that WrestleMania weekend in Orlando? So it was yeah. me and Tommaso against uh, Revival and- Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was- it last, I mean, the last time we did an interview in person was three years ago in New York. Yeah, it feels like it was so much longer than that. So how, how does it feel now? Like, this is your WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, uh, I get, like, I don't even think about it that way. Because I've been so disconnected for so long. Like, when I left NXT in December, like, I haven't done anything wrestling-related since then. Uh, so this is my first kind of foray back into this. It was really fun to be able to come here. And uh, it's really fun during this time period of my life to kind of be very picky and choosy yeah, yeah. of what I want to do and where I want to do it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, it's WrestleMania weekend. WrestleCon could be fun. I've never done a WrestleCon before. Um, so to show up and see a lot of faces I haven't seen in forever. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, every, I feel every single person in wrestling is in at WrestleCon right now. That's how this works. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I know everyone here. It's crazy. But look, this happens every year. But every other year you've been here at WrestleMania weekend, you've been so focused on everything that you were doing. Yeah. Well, you know, the city was still filled with literally everybody in wrestling. Yeah. And like, I, I'm no secret or no, no, uh, it's nothing new to me to be on the indies in WrestleMania weekend. I did it for literally 10 years before I went to WWE. So, yeah. uh, literally my last WrestleMania weekend where I did independent wrestling appearances was 2016 in Dallas, Texas. Mm. And the way it all works out and full circle comes back around. My first independent appearances, not with WWE, 
is back here in Dallas, Texas. And yeah. it, I don't know how it worked out that way, but here we are. Wow. How do you feel about everything? You just did the interview with Renee recently. So now, now it's kind of out there how, how like you kind of dealt with everything. Now that it's out there and people are able to digest it, how are you feeling about it? Uh, like, as far as like my time or how I'm feeling? Yeah, or just what? like, you know, that was the first time you really spoke about why you left WWE. Uh-huh. And now it's out there. Yeah. And like, how do, you, how do you feel about leaving? Uh, I mean, I feel very content. Uh, it was just a time period of my life where I was like, that chapter I felt was closed as well as I could close it uh, to be able to end on that note and end that story the right way. And get that opportunity to go out there and basically thank everybody I wanted to thank. And I thank people that don't even work for the company anymore. Like I had no restraints. I literally just went out there and spoke from the heart. Wow. And uh, it was not scripted. Um, and to be able to do that, I mean, like I said, in the Renee interview, like to be able to given, be given that platform to do that, uh, that's an incredible amount of trust. And that shows you the relationship I have and continue to have with people in WWE and people in NXT to where they trusted me to go out there on live television. With yeah. a live microphone. Yeah. I could have literally said, I am signing with this place and slammed down the microphone. Like, literally, I could have done anything I wanted. Yeah. Uh, but I have way too much respect for everyone in that uh, building, way too much respect for everyone in that company. And uh, like I said, I have such a great relationship there that it just felt like at the time and now, uh, I just want to go out and have the chance to do my own thing and make my own choices yeah. and see what else is out there. Because I don't think you, you can only get a very... Uh, a rare time to let your deal run out. A lot of people don't have that opportunity. Yeah. People are still on a contract for years and years and years. Like my deal was coming up and I just knew that I wanted to have this time to kind of reassess things. You're also one of the very rare people who's been able to leave on their own terms mm-hmm. over the last, especially over the last two years with everything that's happened with, you know, everything with COVID that you basically decided and said, I'm going to go bet on myself now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on a T-shirt too. So I mean, it's <laughs> I branded it. I was kind of throwing that yeah, out of there. Of course, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Plug in that, plug in that for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, dot com slash Johnny Gargano. Go and check it out. <laughs> At what point do you feel like things changed for you, and you went, "I know my contract's coming up, but maybe I'm not going to renew that." Uh, I, like I said, I think the last year I kind of knew that um, I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish in NXT. Um, and there's not to say that I could have went to Raw and SmackDown and did other things. Um, I just knew um, coming up on it, like I knew I didn't want to resign, but there was also still that option of maybe I do want to resign. Like I didn't, I, I, I made my mind up, but I was also like, there was a little like 1% chance. I always said like 99% chance I don't resign because there was still like a 1% chance I could have. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like when Candace got pregnant, that's when that, the 1% kind of went away. And I was like, I don't want to have any... Um, anyone be in charge of my time during the time period where I'm with Quill. I don't want to be sitting at home and have a, a Connecticut number call me and say, you need to go be at this show or be, yeah. go, be, go do this appearance. I just wanted to have a clean slate, leave on, on that note, and then be able to come back in the future or go elsewhere. And that's so interesting because there's a lot of people that would go, oh my God, I'm about to be a father for yeah. the first time. My yeah. wife is pregnant. Yeah. I need to take the most secure uh-huh. thing that I can possibly take. Yeah. And yeah. you didn't do yeah. that. That's where the whole bet on yourself thing comes into play. Because uh, I'm kind of just hoping that uh, this time period where, not, not again, I talk, talked on it, but not only like um, from a physical standpoint, but also a mental standpoint to be able to give myself a refresh to where I can step away from wrestling, step out of that bubble. And also, I don't want to say learn to love it again because I'm always going to love it, but yeah. just reignite that passion I had for it to yeah. its maximum amount. And also, I just wanted to be in the best place mentally for Quill and for Candice and for Podme. It, like, for like, career wise, do you, I, I imagine you'll always do something with wrestling, but are you looking to do stuff elsewhere as well? I'm always looking to do, I, I feel like this time period of my life is kind of that figuring out who I am outside of wrestling time mm. period. But I also, like you said, um, I'm always going to love wrestling. I'm always going to want to be a part of wrestling in some way, shape, or form because that's just who I am. I'm Johnny Wrestling for a reason, I guess. Uh, but it's really interesting because I've done wrestling stuff for like 16 years at this yeah, point. Like your whole my adult whole life, life. My whole life. Yeah. So who am I outside of wrestling? That's kind of the time period now where I'm going to kind of try to answer that existential question in my life of what am I outside of wrestling? When was the last time in your life that wrestling wasn't the main focus? Probably when I was like eight years old, when I like Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, are you going to go back to who being the a Power ju- Ranger? Yeah, probably. Yeah, right. Um, that's my new profession. I'm but I mean, Ranger. are you going to go back to whatever the mindset was at eight years old of like, you know, like when, when you're eight years old, yeah. 
You can be anything and do anything that you, you want to be a Power do. Ranger. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. can still be a Power Ranger. I could be. I know that's the thing. Yeah, so possible. maybe I will. Have you taken this time to like reflect on like, well, I'm probably going to have some matches, but like, what do I want to do after this? Yeah. Uh, like it, it's hard because obviously the name Johnny Gargano around wrestling is always going to be beneficial money-wise. Like people yeah. are always going to want to see me, want to meet me, want to see me wrestle, want to learn from me. So in reality, I have a job for life. Like I could go back to WWE and be a producer. I can go back to WWE and be a coach. I could go do whatever. I could you, train people in my own thing. Is like, that door open at WWE? Yes. I, I mean, I, I hope so. <laughs> I'd assume so. I, like I said, I have a great relationship with everyone there. Um, and I'm very lucky that I have that. Because um, that's always in the back of my mind of what I'm going to do after wrestling. Because there's a, a big part of me that says I only want to wrestle until I'm 40. And that's only mm. like six years away at this point. Yeah. So I feel like I have about five years left to really kind of maximum, maximize whatever I want to do in this. Yeah, and then it's like, then whatever you do between the time that you started wrestling and 40 now becomes your legacy. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's the big thing. That's the, that's, that's the thing I struggle with the most because there's that question of like, okay, like if I want to go do indies again or do if I want to go to AEW or if I want to go to Impact or I want to go to ROH or if I want to go back to WWE. Like my dream growing up, obviously, all, a lot of little kids' dreams is to wrestle for WWE, yeah. um, to wrestle at WrestleMania, to yeah. be WWE champion. Um, and that was always my dream. And that still is my dream. But there's also things that change those dreams, like having a baby, wanting to be home more, wanting to like, so there's a lot of things I'm juggling right now of like legacy mixed with being a good dad, mixed with how do I maximize the time I have left. Like it's a lot of just yeah. questions I got to answer. And like, I don't know what that is yet. I'm just hoping that as this all plays out, the right answer and the right path will kind of show itself to me. And like, if, since you didn't win the WWE Championship, is you winning the NXT Championship? Is that like, is that the moment for you? That was that for me during that time period. Yes, that was my goal, yeah. uh, my ultimate goal. That was like the moment I could dream of. But like I said, uh, I am, as you know, being from Cleveland, we're kind of built to be underdogs. We're built to have a chip on our shoulder, chip on our shoulder. So. I'm always looking for that next mountain to climb because mm. um, I feel like I'm constantly doubted. I'm constantly looked down upon. And again, that's just a Cleveland mindset to have. You're constantly being beaten down on. So I'm always looking to prove people wrong however I can. So if someone's going to tell me, you're, if you go to Raw or SmackDown, you're going to fail, I'm going to be like, well, I feel like I can do this or I feel like I can do that. And if I believe in myself, and again, it comes down to betting on yourself. Yeah. Uh, like it's one of those things, but, but like again, is that what I ultimately want? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the first time that I ever met you, I was doing an interview with you for Channel 19 News oh, yeah. in Cleveland, yeah. WOIO. And we were promoting the independent wrestling show that you were doing. I interviewed you and Gregory Iron, uh -huh. who's awesome. And I remember you saying off camera, you were like, it's WWE. Mm -hmm. This was the time when Impact was doing the gut check. Yeah. And you were like, no, I, I, I want to go to WWE. Yep. And I remember like seeing you then maybe a, a year later and then maybe a year after that. And it was still like, I want to go to WWE. Yep. When did you finally get on WWE's radar? Oh, man. Uh, I don't think I was fully on WWE's radar until 2015, 16. I believe I signed in 2016. Uh, and I had a tryout in 2015. Might have been 16 as well. I can't. My, my brain doesn't work anymore. Might have been 16 or 15. <laughs> 15 or 16. Is this, is this dad brain? I think so. Or, or like dad, brain, dad brain. brain or really tired brain or been doing a meet and greet for five hours, nonstop brain. Uh, one of those. Uh, they're all kind of blending together yeah, now. Maybe, you know, dropped on the head a few yeah, times. Yeah, brain. Too, yeah. Who CTE knows? brain, yeah. Uh, like 2015, 2016, I think is when I fully got on their radar. And that was thanks to a guy named William Regal, obviously. Mm -hmm. William Regal was a big proponent of independent wrestlers and guys like me who were undersized, who wasn't given an opportunity during that time period. And then it's so crazy to be in that window to where from 2016 uh, to 2022, based 2021 when I left, like I felt like we, I had a hell of a run. Like I did, I maximized my time there for sure. Like oh, especially absolutely. in NXT, like matches and and the stuff I was op like the, the opportunities I was given to be able to go out there and meet them at takeovers in front of 15,000 seat arenas. Like today, being able to do that meet and greet and sign and stuff like that, it just is a is, is very reassuring. To have people come up to me and, and share their stories of how I've affected their life. Because um, it, it is wild to think that when I was younger, the boyhood dream of Shawn Michaels yeah. is what made me want to be a wrestler. Yeah. And for some kids out there, 
me winning the NXT title to take over New York yeah. is going to be what made them want to be a wrestler. Yeah. So it's cool to have yeah. that kind of legacy in itself. But before you were even recognized by WWE, you were like definitely on a lot of people's radar in the Midwest. Like you were a big name in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a time when you were like, oh, if I could just do this, I would get their attention, or if I could just do that, I could get their attention? No, I like I I never like I WWE was obviously always a dream, but it was always though one of that question of like I know I'll be there eventually, but I knew that in my brain, but I also in the back of my head there's always that question of like, do they want someone like you? Like I am always going to think that whatever I did from 2016 to 2021, that was never supposed to happen. Like the Johnny Gargano story that whole run i had in nxt like like to think about it the fact that i was told no at my tryout in 2015 16 whenever it was me and tomaso were both told no there wasn't a spot for you in nxt to go from that to to going to where i'm ending uh 2021 on nxt television getting getting the chance to say goodbye my own way on live television like it's yeah. crazy to go from that in that building being told no to being in that building in 2021 and being given the honor and respect to go out there on live television with a microphone and say whatever you want to say. What? Like, that's wild. That's happened. unreal. How did you get that no to change into a yes? I think just... Because uh, that's, that's that, for a lot of people, they hear no and it's like, well, guess they don't want me. Like you said, I, 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 I had that Cleveland mentality where I'm never going to take no for an answer. And I just used that to work harder. Um, and that's not to say I wasn't working hard in the first place. But all I need is for you to open the door a little bit. Hmm. And uh, if you open the door a little bit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it down. Um, my story, I feel I'm never like you, you, I guess you say the name Johnny Gargano, Johnny wrestling. People think like, oh, he's a very successful star. Like he's a very successful wrestler. Um, but I am never going to be that guy who is like the, no matter what the first draft pick, right? I'm never going to be the guy you look at and you're like that guy right there. That's who I'm going to build my company around. That's just not me. Mm. I'm not built that way. I'm the guy where you open the door a little bit and I sneak through. And once I'm in there. Like I'm working my balls off yeah. and ultimately I get where I want to be. And I'm always going to yeah. think of the mindset where I'm a top guy. Like yeah. no matter what, I'm always going to say, I'm going to get to the top spot. I'm not going to start there because that's not how I am. That's not how people view me. But you start me at the bottom. I promise you, I will work like crazy to get to that top spot. I love this so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so what was the match or the moment where you feel like they went, oh, we can really do something with this guy in NXT. So I feel like my match with Andrade at TakeOver Philadelphia, that was the first match where I main event a TakeOver. Um, I feel like that match was the one that kind of solidified them of like, wow. Oh, like he hearing the crowd reaction, seeing the match in itself, hearing the, the praise that match got. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was really what got them. And what got there, honestly, was um, uh, me and Tommaso, obviously, versus Revival was very, very, uh, everyone loved those tag team matches we had. But that was just a tag match. And I feel like that's always kind of been my story. It's like I start as a, uh, like this guy, he's, he is what he is. He's just, a, he's an extra. Like, we'll just use him as an extra. But that's, but that's getting in the yeah, door. Let's, let's yeah. put him in a tag team. Yeah. Oh, this guy's getting great in the tag door. matches. Yeah. This guy's great in tag matches. But he's just strictly a tag match wrestler. Let's put him in a singles match. Oh, he's a really good singles match wrestler. Oh, but can he tell a story? Oh, wait, he did a story too. Oh, wait, wait, no, he doesn't have a character though. Oh, wait, now he's cutting promos too. Oh, like it's one of those where they, everyone, it's constantly doubted every single time. And that's what I love. I love being doubted because I love people telling me I can't do something because you tell me I can't do something. I'm going to want to do it even more. Yeah. So uh, I felt like uh, having that opportunity against Andrade in Philadelphia actually came from a match in, uh, we and Andrade did a match in San Antonio um, at a house show for NXT. And it was the opener. And uh, it was right before TakeOver War Games in Texas. Or in Texas. Um, and uh, Hunter was there that night. And me and Andrade went out there and I looked at Andrade and said, hey man, let's go out there and just freaking kill it. Like, let's go nuts. And of course, Andre's always, Andrade's always game. Andre, I love working on Andrade. He's one of the best in the world. Um, so we went out there and we freaking tore it down. And I feel like, Hunter sitting there and being live and watching that match live, being like, wait a minute. And especially during that time period, too, I hired a nutritionist. So I was looking all shredded. I was looking yeah. leaned up. And it's one of those things where you kind of need both. You need to look a certain way. You need to wrestle a certain way. You need to act a certain way. It's such a, uh, a big, everything kind of perfect storm moment that led to ultimately take over Philadelphia. Yeah, like when you got, you got so jacked. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, like super shredded. Yes. To the point where you didn't even flex and you still had abs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have that right no, now? No, no, no. I got dad bod right now. <laughs> I got dad bod right now. But that's one of those things too where like that I feel takes such a, a toll out of me as well. Like having to 
uh, for my body type, I need to diet down a lot and get super ripped. Because when you're super ripped, you appear way bigger than you actually are. What were um, you actually weighing at that time? I don't remember. I mean, like, still probably like, I, mean, I think it was like 180 or something like that. Okay. But like, it's not, not like, like, I'm sure I'm going to be pitched as like 20 something or whatever. Sure. Uh, but like, you just look so much bigger when you're, you're leaner. Um, so I, I love food. I'm an Italian kid. My dad owns a, a catering company. Like, I've grown up being a fat kid all my life. Uh, so I got to kind of hide my inner fat kid to diet down a lot and get super lean. Cause that's another thing for me. Like when I return to wrestling, I feel like I need to look a certain way. Cause triple H always put it in my head to where when you're gone for a long period of time, when you come back, you gotta be super jacked. Everyone remember when triple H like tore his quads, of course. came back at Madison square garden, yeah. freaking jacked to the gills. Right. Obviously I'm never gonna be that big, but I mean, I gotta look good. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that mentality of like, because it's also, you know, you're only as good as your last match, your last appearance or your last promo or whatever. So now when you come out, you're now as good as this one. This moment, yeah. yeah. Everyone's going to judge you based on first impressions yeah. you're having right now. Yeah. So if you, in their opinion, look worse than uh -huh. the last time they saw yeah. you. Then you don't care. That's that's it. Yep. You don't care anymore. You yeah. lost it. And I'm never going to be that guy to where you see him and you're like, oh, he's just a shell of his former self. Did right? you ever tell Triple H that? I'm sure I have. I, I've told him all the time how, like, <laughs> I, I, I talk about how, like, if you, I don't know if you remember, like, the making of the game book he had uh -huh. like that that basically molded an entire generation of indie wrestlers to where he told people that if you go to subway order a six inch wheat and get double meat turkey and that's all you need <laughs> so many guys did that for so long uh, there's probably a chipotle hack for that now i am curious to read the book now that i have a little bit more knowledge of like weightlifting and dieting and things like that and seeing how much of it is actually accurate we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm so curious to know the first moment when you and Candace had an interaction. Oh, an interaction. Yeah. Oh, and then I, how did that blossom into you know? So creating I think a, the a person. first creating a human. Uh, <laughs> I think the first time we interacted was uh, again. My dates are all wonky. Uh, two thousand. Like, I'm going to say 2013, 2014, maybe. Uh, we interacted at PWG. Uh, I think it was All Star Weekend. Candace was just there with her cousin. And uh, they were visiting the show. I think that was my uh, PWG debut. Um, so, like, she was in the locker room hanging out. And uh, me and her cousin started talking because I saw her cousin had a Samsung phone. So I kind of slyly started, like, chatting up with her cousin to uh, get Candace's attention as well. Uh, so I was like, oh, you have a Samsung phone? I You're have like, one, too. I we also don't have an iPhone. Yeah, she has a, she has a, Candace had an iPhone. So she started uh. being like iPhones are so much better. So then that started that interaction where I was like, no, it's not. So that's when we started kind of interacting each other. And the first time, uh, and then I, I brought up a show called Catfish. I'm sure you know the, the show course, Catfish. Yeah. Candace had never seen it before. So I used that opening to find her on Facebook and send her a link to a Catfish episode. Oh, this is brilliant. I know. And then everyone's taking notes right now. Yeah. And the, the other play I did, you can ask Candace about this. So we were, we chat on Facebook a messenger and she would say like, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you just text me? Here's my number. And she sent me her number. 
And I was like, oh, cool. Here's mine back. Because I was like, I don't want to be the first person. I sent you the first Facebook message. It's your turn now. And then she ended up texting me. And uh, and then what was your first date? Our first date. Oh, boy. So our first date was actually, they said, we're very romantic. You're going to always take notes on this. Was in LaSalle, Illinois. Um, uh, We were both working for a promotion called Dreamwave at the time. And uh, we both snuck away because we we were kind of we weren't dating yet. We were uh, just talking. Uh, we snuck away to a subway outside of the hotel. To eat the Triple H meal. To eat the Triple H meal. Oh yeah. my full, god! Comes full circle. And a, a funny moment is uh, we were sitting there eating, and uh, we looked out the window, and uh, one of my friends named Trent, uh, who was also on the show, uh, Trent Beretta, yeah. uh, Greg, uh, us. We see him walking from the hotel like he's coming to subway. And as he gets closer, he's like waving, but then he realizes what he's kind of walking in on. But then he, by that point, he's too far gone, so he comes and like sits with us. So in reality, our first date was also with Trent Beretta as well. Yeah, he probably doesn't remember that at all, but we do. So what was the moment? There's always a moment with every couple. What was the moment where you went, oh, like this is a thing? Like, Man. like I really care about her. So it's funny because the first time she – so I would always uh, – because Candace used to work at Universal Studios in, as a baker. Uh, so she would have to drive from Riverside to uh, Universal, which is about an hour and a half drive. With traffic and things like that, it could be more. Again, who knows? I have a dad brain right now. It could be way shorter than that. Come and be calling me out in the comments. Uh, but she would always have to drive. And her hours were so weird to where she'd have to drive at like uh, like in the middle of the night to get there for early in the morning. Sure. So I would stay up. And then she's on California time. So she's what, three hours? Three hours behind. Three hours behind. Yeah. So I would have to stay up till like, she, she would leave at, like, I think, like, 1 in the morning. So I'd be, like, 4, four in the morning. So I would have to stay up all night and talk to her on her drive. And, like, I'm laying in bed, like, talking to her. But I'm, like, it's 4 in the morning, so I'm half falling asleep. And I would do that for a lot of the time when she would drive to work. Oh, wow. So we did that for a good while. And then she ended up coming to Cleveland and working for AIW. Yeah. And uh, we had a singles match there. And that was the first time she met my parents was uh, after we wrestled each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How does that conversation with the parents go? I think my, they already kind of knew. Uh, they already kind of knew that I, me and Candace were talking. Because uh, then, like, uh, it's like, I, hey, I, I just beat up your daughter. Yeah, and she beat up yeah. me. And I took her to all the. I took her to all the. Uh, the first time I met her parents was oh, yeah. actually in California. Met, you beat yeah. up our son. Yeah. First time I met her parents was though was actually in California after a PWG show where I think we wrestled as well. So I mean, it's always <laughs> it's always after we wrestle. And when she came to Cleveland, I did all the the tourist stuff. I took her to the Rock and Roll Fame. I took her to. All the spots. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and, uh, Science Museum. <laughs> yeah. What was your job before wrestling was your full time job? I used to work at my dad's catering company. Uh, so I'd work. It's named like it's your last name. Yeah, Gargano's yeah. Catering. Yeah. Uh, and I'd work for my dad from nine a like eight a.m. to like three p.m. every Monday through Friday, and uh, then I would go and wrestle on the weekends. Man. Yeah. At what point did you go? Oh, wrestling's like a thing. I can like, sorry, dad. I'm yeah, that, I mean that was hard in itself because like my sure. dad's goal was always for me to take over the restaurant, so he never saw the wrestling thing as something that would work out for me. Mm. Um, he always believed in me, obviously, but like he is, is a dad, so he wants to play it safe and say that like, here's a safe job you can have. So I'd like you to work at my restaurant forever. Yeah, um, but obviously I had bigger like my dream was obviously to be in WWE and to wrestle and things like that. Um, so it just ended up being where like I I. I would start having these shows that would be like on Friday or like Saturday or Sunday. I'd have like international bookings and I'd be like, if I'm leaving for two weeks, I can't work at the restaurant. So it was one of those things where like he kind of just accepted that I kind of had to go and do that. And man, what's been your favorite gear in your time in WWE? Uh, Because everybody knows you for your gear. They were always so good. Yeah. Uh, I'd obviously probably say the Iron Man gear holds a special place in my heart because it was like take over New York. And that was like the moment that I won the title and stuff like that. But then like the Spider-Man slash Venom gear, from uh, TakeOver Brooklyn, and then uh, the TakeOver Toronto um, Wolverine gear is another one I really like. I mean, they were all so good. How do you then one-up? I mean, you're trying to one-up yourself in the ring. Every time you go in there, how do you one-up the you know what you're going out with? That was honestly the most stressful part. <laughs> because like everyone, by a certain point, expected certain gear for TakeOver. Of course. And so like every, every couple months, I had to come up with something new. And me and my artist at the time, Adam Riches would like sit down and we'd rack our brain because we also didn't want to be the people that would just do gear just to do it. We wanted it to fit the story. We wanted the character to make sense for what I was going through in the story of the wrestling match. So that was a lot of work in itself. Yeah. 
What do you think is the biggest thing that you learned from working so closely with Triple H? Man, uh, I mean, Triple H has a tireless work ethic. Uh, and he is, I'd say him and Sean both are just great at like the small details and great at seeing the big picture in itself as well. Um, it was always great to be able to kind of pick Sean and Hunter's brain. Uh, Hunter is so good at making finishing stretches uh, mean so much more. Like you look at my match mm -hmm. with Andrade, uh, it, we had it going a certain way, but Hunter was kind of just sitting there hearing it. And he was like, how about this? How about this? How about this? And he made it 10 times better. But that, that's, we're so lucky to be in that environment. And I'm not, I, I, I am 100% on board and so lucky to that I just have a Rolodex of basically the smartest, smartest minds in wrestling in my back pocket. Yeah. If I had a question, I'd be like, hey, Triple H, what do you think about this? Hey, Shawn Michaels, how would you do this? And I would always run my stuff by them because, like I said, they are two of the smartest people uh, not just in wrestling, but that I've ever met. Yeah, what do you think it was that like really endeared you to Shawn Michaels? Because like it was pretty obvious, you know, with your final promo, you guys had like a really, really close relationship. We do, and we continue to have a really close relationship. Like it's so funny. Like when Quill was born, like all the, everyone reached out. Shawn reached out. Like Hunter reached out. Like I'm so lucky to have such a great relationship with everyone there that I've worked so long with. Um, like uh, what endeared me to Shawn? I think he just saw a lot of. Uh, himself in me into where like Sean was during that time period, like the guy that was always overlooked, the little underdog that would always be counted out. He was never the six foot five guy. He was never the psycho SIDS or he was never like the, the big tall guys that they always want to go with. So I think Sean related and especially relates to me, Tommaso, the Undisputed Era. Like I felt like he really related to us and he, he, would, he would take the time and he'd watch all of our indie stuff as well because he just really appreciated wow. how we would go out there and kill ourselves in front of literally like what 20 people on the indies during that time period like that blew him away and like for sean like the passion the heart the love all you put into it like he really respects that and he knew too as i've expressed to him numerous times how much he meant to me growing up it, it feels he painted on my wall for god's sake <laughs> it feels like from the outside looking in you were like his children yeah we were yeah, yeah. we were, still are honestly yeah we are so, like, do you feel like if and when you go somewhere else that you're going to be, like, you know, breaking his heart or something? I don't think so, because uh, me and Sean sat down a lot of times. And, like, he was someone who I went to a lot for advice. And, uh, like, I, I basically told him, like, especially during this time period, I just got to figure out what is next for me and what I want to do. Um, he totally understood having Quill coming, having a baby on the way. And he totally understood stepping away and figuring out stuff for yourself. You got to think, too, like, Sean... Did that for a long time. When he hurt his back, yeah. he was away from wrestling for a good long time period. Yeah. And he didn't come back till I think it was like 37, 38. Yeah. And then when he had his long run, another long run with WWE. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew better than anyone he'd understand what I was going through, yeah. how I was feeling. And Sean, I'm very lucky that I have such a great relationship with him that he just wants what's best for me. He wants what's yeah. going to make me happy at the end of the day. I mean, you've seen the comments online. You have so many friends there. Everyone assumes you're going to AEW yeah. now. Yeah. But are you just keeping your options open? Definitely. Uh, my options are 100% open. And I watch everything, honestly. Like, I, I, you can watch my YouTube video. Like, I, I watched, me and Cass were watching uh, AEW laying in the hospital room. We were watching uh, NXT laying in the hospital room. We were watching Elimination Chamber laying in the hospital room. I literally watch everything. I'm a wrestling fan at the end of the day, and I enjoy good wrestling. And I, I really enjoy watching my friends be successful. Yeah. That makes me very, very happy. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know really where I fit in right now in the wrestling landscape, but I also feel like the wrestling landscape changes on not just a monthly, but a weekly basis, mm -hmm. um, especially this current time period. Like you never know what's going to happen next. It's one of those yeah. things where uh, like a new company could pop up or uh, this person can be in charge or this person can do this or this person can do that or AEW is doing this or ROH is doing this or NXT is doing this. Like it literally changes on a weekly basis. Uh, so I feel like I'm in a pretty good position right now to kind of sit back and kind of view everything outside the bubble and just figure out what the best fit for me is. Cause I don't really know right now where I fit in. I mean, if you only want to wrestle till you're 40, what are the things you want to accomplish between now and 40 professionally? See, that's another thing that I got to figure out. Uh, <laughs> like I feel really good about the legacy I left as far as like work rate goes, as far as like, I think you can look at my matches with Andrade, Tommaso, Adam Cole. Um, Alistair Black, like there's a, there's a, there's a whole resume there of takeover matches that people will look to and say that's great. But I mean, there's uh, there is a big part of me that feels like 
for a certain section of the audience, like maybe I'm not getting the respect or credit I deserve for some of my work. And I still, at the end of the day, always want to be regarded as a guy who is a great dude who is one of the best to do it. Um, great dude being first and probably one of the best to ever do it second. But uh, I, I still want to, uh, if, there's, if there's one, I have a bad, uh, I have a bad uh, habit of, I kind of wrestle for love. I've always wrestled for love. Maybe they call that like the insecurity in me of being a chubby kid growing up. Like wrestling was all I had. Yeah. Um, so I'm constantly chasing that love. I'm constantly chasing that adulation uh, from the crowd. Perhaps you should chase money now. Is I that should. What you're I saying? mean, maybe yeah. I should chase money. I probably should. I mean, but I don't know if I will. You I got I, another mouth to feed. I do. I do. I have another mouth to feed. But also, I just want to kind of. Uh, it, it irks me. There's like. One person out there that says Johnny Gargano sucks, I want to change that person's mind. Wow. <laughs> That's one person. Like I said, there could be 10 people that say Then you're never going to retire. I'm never going to retire uh, because there's always going to be that one person. But You uh, could have the most amazing matches yeah, it doesn't week matter. after week after oh, week. Oh, I know, I know. I know. Somebody's, I'm chasing something that doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm aware. Uh, that's. But, I think that's like... That's kind of wrestling in a nutshell, though. That's what drives me. Is like you're, you're chasing vapor. Yeah. every time you go to grab it, uh-huh. it's gone. Yeah, I know. And trust me, after every single one of my takeover matches, I questioned everything I did. Um, that's that's just how I am. But uh, I hope that this time period allows me to miss wrestling, reignites that passion I have for it. So when I come back, I'm fully ready to go 110%, wherever that may be, and uh, give the, the Johnny Gargano uh, one last uh, fun little ride. Take us behind what happened when you got called up to Raw. Yeah. Because it seemed really quick. It also didn't seem like there was much of a plan. There wasn't. I did that that I know of. Um, like I said, I was. I, I told the story on Renee's podcast, but like I was literally in Cleveland, Ohio, when I got the call that I was going to be on Raw that next like night. I think so. Tommaso, I had to call Tommaso, and he had to run to my apartment and uh, pick up a suit, pick up my ge- my gear, because I literally had to fly from Cleveland to Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, and the whole process, like it just felt like. I didn't know what was going on. And I hate, I, I know that's the nature of the business and that's how it works is you kind of just got to be ready for anything. But I feel like I work so much better when I have a plan. And that's why I felt like I loved NXT for so long is because we would commit to these long-term stories yeah. with uh, me and Tommaso or like me and Andrade. Like we, we tell a long-term story. We put a plan up. I feel like wrestling is the best when you kind of plan a flag and you say like, okay, we're going to work to that moment. How do we get there? Yeah. And you commit to that plan. Right. Um, I know like injuries and stuff can come up and change it. Obviously, the Tommaso thing did that a bunch. Uh, but other than that, I feel like uh, that's how I work best. So it just felt like there was no particular like goal in place. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I do question if we would have stayed, um, what could have happened? Like me and Tommaso could have won the tag titles, maybe. Uh, we could have done WrestleMania, maybe. Like all those things that I wanted to do maybe could have started being checked off. But especially for me during that time period, I felt like I had so much more to give NXT and I wanted to kind of have that match WrestleMania weekend for the NXT title. Um, Cause I felt like that's where my story was going to go. Uh, so to be able to have that match against Adam Cole, if, if we would have stayed up there, that match would have never happened. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't feel the chapter in NXT was well, done. It wasn't done. It was still going. Start a new chapter. Yeah. And for me, I, I am very much so the process of, I like, uh, my chapters to be a clean ending, as you can see with the, <laughs> how my, my run in NXT ended. Yeah. I, I love having closure, um, and it just felt like I got no closure. And until I got closure, I wasn't going to be able to fully commit. So, and when, when we've seen it with plenty of guys who get called up, plenty of women, they get called up to the main roster, and it's like what they ever they had in NXT, all the momentum is gone. And I think when you and Tommaso showed up on Raw, people went, "Oh no, yeah. it's happening again." Yeah, and that's a horrible way to feel because these are people that have been working their whole lives to get to that moment. Yeah. You should be happy. And I do hope eventually it gets to the point again where uh, when people, new stars and new people show up on Raw and SmackDown, there's a more of a happy feeling. And yeah, a, yeah we're excited to see these people feeling. Because there was it was like that for a little bit. Uh, like it, There was a time period where people would show up on Raw and SmackDown and people would be like, yeah, well, yeah it was this like is a, cool. But it was like a graduation process. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Instead, like you know, people went up and their theme music changed and their yes. gimmick, their whole character changed. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, no, they didn't just sign this person. Yeah, yeah. This person has, like, the fans know who this person is. Yeah, I guess that's the hard part, too, of uh, feeling like you want your own thing. But also, like, I think, like, that was such the disconnect of, like, you'd grow to love these characters. 
and then you would root for them, root for them, and you want to see them move on. But they would move on, and they'd be completely different people. And I guess that's kind of the hard, that's the fine line to walk. And I guess it was, it's okay to do that if like the developmental show isn't on television and people aren't seeing it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I mean, that's kind of the fine line they got to walk. If the door's still open, if you still have a good relationship with WWE, do you still want that WrestleMania moment? Of course, I, I, I definitely do. Uh, and I don't know when that'll come, if that'll come. Um, I've said numerous times how I have a great relationship there. Uh, but like, I just got to figure out what, what's going to be worth it for me. Like what sacrifices am I going to have to make to make that happen? Especially now with Quill, uh, being around and being born. I don't want to miss his time. And I, me and Candace talked about that a lot when I was making my decision is, uh, I would hate to just be on the road constantly and miss like his first words or miss like him walking for the first time. Like I want to be there for all those moments because me and Candace only really plan on having one. So I got one shot at this. I got one wow. shot of seeing all of this and living this part of my life. And if we have one life, I want to try to enjoy as much as I can of this moment. So uh, it's going to be one of those moments to where uh, I don't know when and I don't know where yeah. uh, I'm going to feel like, okay, I, it's the right time to go. But um, I guess we're going to have to figure that out along the way. How did you narrow it down to Quill? So actually, Candace, it was a Candace choice. Um, Candace just showed me on her phone. She had a screenshot of... Uh, uh, a baby name sort of a website and she had the name quill screenshotted in 2017 did five she, years she had never told you this she told me it. Oh, okay. so, but we were trying to figure out like when did we figure out the name quill and we thought it was like a couple years ago it was five years ago we decided on the name quill uh and like all it, all we needed really was the boy and the boy came and uh <laughs> quill could be a girl's it could name. be yes it could be but we wanted you know it to be a boy so i wanted to be a boy again <laughs> <laughs> what if he wants to be a wrestler so I say all the time, and this is kind of my, uh, my guide to, to fatherhood or my, my thought process on parenting. Please tell me, because I'm not a father, and yes. I'm sure I will be one day soon. I, I believe that you can like, just let the kid make his own choices, or his or her own choices, whatever he wants to be. Um, I will support Quill to the end of the earth. If he loves wrestling, if he hates wrestling, if he wants to do this, he wants to do ballet, he wants to do dance, he wants to be a contractor, he wants to be a firefighter. Like, whatever his sexual preference is, like, I support him 110%. It is his life, his choices. I'm just his dad, and I'm going to back him in whatever he does. That is my, that is my, the way I view things, the way me and Candace both view things, is uh, whatever choices he makes in his life, just back him 110%. But the only choice, I guess, the only, the caveat to that is if he wants to be an NFL player, he can't play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that as a fellow Cleveland yeah, yeah, Browns yeah. fan. If he wants to be the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> Full support. Let's make a prediction here. What is the Browns' record going to be this season? This season? Uh, it's always so weird now that it's 17 games, yeah. too. I'm going to go. <laughs> I guess it depends on who are, who the quarterback is. Then uh, we know who the quarterback is. Maybe. I mean, we don't know how things are going to go. Well, okay. We know who they're <laughs> going to start the season with. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, all right. But I think like they, the talent is there. Uh, I definitely feel like we have everything to win the division. Um, without going yeah, without too Big hard. Ben too. I know, oh, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, I'm gonna go twelve and five as mm. my Browns record prediction. I think they're gonna win. They're gonna win the North. I think they're gonna make a deep run in the playoffs. Um, then if they don't, if they don't win the North with this team, yeah, then it's it's a it's a failure. Oh, big they're time. gonna get especially like the it, although Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's great. Right. Joe Burrow's great. Uh, and, and the Bengals could win the North. They could, 100%. Although, like, everyone saw this, all those memes during the Super Bowl where it's like, here's all the things the Rams have. And then Cincinnati has Joe Burrow. I, that, that's going to be the tricky thing now, too. Uh, I, I, I do appreciate the Browns' front office playing 4D chess to where um, paying Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed. <laughs> uh, now, What's obviously, so Lamar Jackson's contract is coming up. Joe Burrow's contract is coming up. They're going to want that big quarterback money. They're going to say, this guy in our division is making $230 million guaranteed. Do the Cincinnati Bengals have 200, over $230 million to guarantee Joe Burrow? That's going to be the question now. Now these question. lower level, like these low market teams are going to, like now they got to pay big bucks to keep these quarterbacks. So in a sense, we could outprice the Bengals. And that's how we ultimately yeah. 4D chess with it. Andrew Barry's very smart. Wow. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. 
Dude, I've thoroughly enjoyed this time. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank man. you for always making the time always. to chat with us. And we've never done this on, uh, I, I just, I started doing it after our last interview, but I end every podcast with the same question. Okay. I'm all about gratitude. Yep. I start and end every day. I say out loud three things I'm grateful for. Yep. And I end every interview with this. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Family is number one. Uh, health is number two. And time, I think, is number three. Hmm. Uh, and obviously time is the time I'm able to have during this whole time process with my family that is healthy. <laughs> Wherever you go, I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, buddy. Thank, Thank you, buddy. buddy. Always a pleasure. Johnny Wrestling, my friends. And I just love that he's taking this pause right now to spend as much time as possible with Quill that he can. And I'm super grateful. We got to share this conversation with him during his very quick trip to Dallas. Take a screenshot, share this episode with somebody who you know would love it, and tag us on social media. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what stood out for you. Let us know where you think Johnny's going to go next. Tag him at Johnny Gargano. Tag me at Chris Van Vliet. And I'll leave you with this quote from Abraham Maslow. I love this. In any given moment, we have two options. To step forward into growth or step back into safety. Hmm. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.